In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns podcast. Wentz is underneath center. Now he backpedals, takes the snap, play action fake. He's back. He's going to get hit. It's up in the air. And it's picked off. Taki Taki's got it. Down the sideline, 25, 20, 15, 10. It's Genzo Ward on the tip. And the pick by Taki Taki. Touchdown. Good morning, Cleveland. It's an exciting episode. We are talking about the linebackers. It's a deep, deep dive. And I'm here to stick up for my man, Mac Wilson. But I'm joined with Ian Wright and Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, always get excited when we're talking about the running backs of the defence. Um, that it, it was the best performing Browns defensive unit last year. And that that seems nuts to say, but it's actually true. Um but like everywhere on the defense, we can get better. So I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be a fun one. Um, there's loads of different directions we can go. Ian, are you excited about this podcast? You know, at the beginning of the season, I spoke of the ills of our linebackers. And here we are staring at the most interestingly balanced set of linebackers I've ever seen in the NFL. So you're damn right I'm excited about it. And I'm so happy that we got you out of your busy life to come in and give us the intro. I was singing Beatles songs up into this podcast to try to get my accent down. It just looks like it was all for not. Well, well, thank you very much for that. There are some exciting Browns news today. Yeah, it depends on who well, you ask. <laughs> well, it's not that exciting, actually. Uh, Robert Jackson has been cut from the Browns. Yeah, so cornerback gone. Um, he got butchered in a coverage bless him it weren't his fault he was asked to play snaps that he's he's not good enough to play um he had a higher no, pff grade than mac wilson <laughs> <laughs> it's one that we're going deep on uh cornerbacks on monday so uh, make sure you come back for that one um there's lots of fun and interesting discussions more exciting than this podcast but you gotta listen to this one first i'm afraid and just some other real headline news is that a major mock draft was came out today. Ian, we're taking a defensive end who's only played football for five years from Penn State. No one likes that. Well, we, we talked about it in the edge room that the Browns are going to be looking for pass rush. I mean, it's no doubt. So yeah, Dane Brugler, who just does some absolutely fantastic work for the athletic, uh, came out with his mock draft 3.0. He had some neat trades in there. Starts off QB, QB, QB. I won't ruin the order for everyone, but he had the Browns taking Jason, I believe it's Awe, is I believe how you pronounce that. I could be wrong. O-W-E-H-O-A, Awe. If he's a Brown, I'll learn it. But he's the edge rusher from Penn State. 6'5", 250. So he's in that bigger build. Um, I know in the edge rusher, we talked about 260. I'm sure a person of his young age can put on a few extra pounds. But um, he he just turned 22. So this is a guy that they see with a lot of upside, but it's in a position of importance. So to our point of bringing in maybe a veteran to go on that other side, this is the type of guy you get as a project and say, okay, 
you draft him, you team him up with a veteran, you know, who is this guy? Uh, Dane Brugler says he's a raw pass rusher who has only been playing football for five years. He played three seasons at Penn State, two as a full-time player, had five and a half sacks in 2019. Interested in NFL evaluators will look past the stats and more at his explosion and impact on the game. But that goose egg in the sacks category this past season will stand out. He had zero sacks in 2020. Oh my God, it sounds awful. Anyway, we are not a daily mock draft podcast. We are a lineback specialist podcast for the day. Jack, I'm going to let you start away on this one, buddy. Yeah, so the NFL average is 5.9 linebackers on a roster. Um, because we've already heard about Woods' love for nickel and dime, I think we're going to end up bringing that number down to five this year um, rather than the 5.9. Um, how they break down. Usually I'll be saying, hey, you've got two starters, two rotational and one depth piece. It's actually, I think, going to be different this year. We're looking at one starter in the linebacker room. We're looking at three rotational guys and then one depth guy that will play um, lots more uh, special teams. Might not even play a linebacker snap effectively for most of the season unless there's an injury. Um, how we break it down. I, I think the New England Patriots are really interesting Um team to look at for how we'll break down this um, room so very effectively how, how the Pats did their running backs of rather than pay for one running back that's great at everything they found out hey we want a receiving running back let's pay the, a guy that's top five receiving running back let's find a guy that's top five at rushing the ball let's pay that I think they're going to do the same thing with a linebacker room so I'll look for the one starter and then the three rotational pieces they just want someone that's good in coverage someone that's good in run stopping and possibly someone that's good at pass rush um, or tackling um, and then that's the way they're going to break it up um, but overall we finished with three of the top 25 linebackers according to PFF last year um, it's just they're all specialized in one thing or the other. Um, so any sort of points for me and before we get on to who would be the one starting linebacker in the room before we get to the three rotational guys? Yeah, just to give everybody an idea of what Jack's talking about. So when we look at the linebackers, right? So we're really primarily talking about Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, BJ Goodson, Malcolm Smith. And yes, I know that Jacob Phillips got a little bit of snap in there, but Mac Wilson, 77.2 in pass rush. Nobody else on the team had above a 65. Sione Taki Taki, 89.3 in his run defense. Not really good anywhere else. BJ Goodson, 89.3 as a tackler. Not really good anywhere else. Malcolm Smith, 74.7 in coverage. Not all that great anywhere else. So in all five of the categories, you basically had, or four categories, so to say, you had one different guy with the highest thing. No guy had two high scores in any category. So to the point of Jack's making about the running back is exactly that, you know, in running downs, you put your two best run stuffing linebackers and they kind of just play it that way. Now, I don't know if that's the greatest strategy, but if you have chicken shit and you got to make chicken salad, that's probably the best way to do it. Um, I, I definitely don't see them putting a lot of, you know, time, energy resources in terms of this linebacker position. I think they're just going to go with this, you know, chicken shit formula. Yeah, I, th I think what the aim is, is you find that starter that's okay at everything. Might not even be exceptional at everything, but the okay at everything. A sort of a cheap all-rounder. And then you have the three rotational guys behind him. Are, they're all good at one thing. Um, and I think that's sort of the aim of what you go for. So, you don't uh, draft one starter. number five overall like the Super Bowl champions did? 
yeah, he, he was only slightly better than uh, Mac Wilson this season. What are you talking about? I thought he was an all pro. Yeah. That, I'll let you touch on that if you'd like to. I know you had a little Twitter exchange. Quite frankly, Devin White isn't that good. And if you do think he's that good, get over yourself and go watch the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers all season. No. Boom. No. Shots fired. It's, it's that. He, he ranks 88th out of 100 um, for PFF linebackers. And people go, oh, well, I don't trust PFF. Quite frankly, I haven't watched every snap of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Not many people in the in the world have, but PFF have. So uh, I trust those guys. Um, there's no reason for them to lie. Devin White, not good. Number five overall. But anyways, we digress. So, Jack, so, we look at the linebacker room. And there's a couple of options as we talked about that we can take. Is this something you feel they're going to lean more free agency draft? Which direction do you want to go to, to kind of kick us off in the linebacker room here? Yeah. So no one's under contract currently that can be a starter in that room for the next season. So um, remember Goodson, Malcolm Smith, neither's under contract. There's three really linebackers of any note under contract. That's Tacky Tacky, Phillips, Matt Wilson. No one else is under contract at the moment. So free agency, I'm going to throw three names out the window. And sorry if I'm getting your hopes up. I'm going to be like the Grinch here. It ain't happening. Levante David, Matt Milano, J.M. Brown. Sorry, guys. None of them guys are going to be a Cleveland Brown. Um, it's different to running backs. If you get an elite guy, I have no issue paying them. If you find, if we draft the next Bobby Wagner in the third, fourth, fifth round, and we sat here in a few years' time going, we have a he's top five in every category. He is phenomenal. He's done it for three out of four years. I've got no issue paying a linebacker the way I do with a running back, but I need elite. It can't be good. It can't be great. Joe Schobert is not good enough. It has to be elite for me to pay anything. So uh, not only I'm three guys. The two names I think you've got here, one's the return of BJ Goodson. It's not sexy. Um, but it can work. The one that I'm really, really excited about here, and yes, you did just hear me put linebacker and excited in the same sentence. Don't fall over. Um, is KJ Wright out of Seattle. Um, he's a little bit older, but two years, 12 million, so 6 million a year. I think you can get a really, really productive player that gives you that perfect starter and you can have the other pieces behind them. He's a bit of an all-rounder. Um, and for me, I, I'm nailing myself to the mast. Give me KJ Wright an upgrade on BJ Goodson, who I think is going to be three and a half, four million anyway. Take me to the next level. Yeah. And as everybody knows, KJ Wright's been a staple of that Seattle defense. Even, you know, when they had the Legion of Boom going on, they've teamed him up with Bobby Wagner and probably had the best linebacker core in all of the NFL now because. You know, I'd be shocked if, if you were to ask people around the NFL who the number one graded linebacker was, most people probably wouldn't know. Now, if I went and also said to the average NFL fan, if I were to just tell you who it is, could you tell me what team he plays on? That would be Fred Warner. I'm curious. Look it up. I'll give you a few seconds before I tell you who he plays for. But if you don't know who Fred Warner plays for, that kind of tells you a little bit what you need to know about linebacker play. Bobby Wagner, Eric Kendricks, Levante David, Demario Davis kind of round out the top five. Fred Warner plays for the San Francisco 49ers, just so everybody knows. Um, 
KJ Wright's an interesting one. I think that, yes, you're bringing a veteran into the room. I think that's something they would definitely look at. The problem is the free agency market for linebackers is kind of a poo-poo platter of poo. So it's one of those things where you've got a lot of young talent that you've drafted. Taki Taki, Phillips, you know, these guys, Mac Wilson. I know people have their thoughts about him, but there's not really a lot of guys out there that you're going to bring in. You know, I don't know if Denzel Perryman's a guy that, you know, he's back fully from his injuries. Too much for a run stuff, huh? Yeah. A starter that that they'd pay money for. You look at some of these names and you're just like, yeah, there's there's not really anyone out there that's really going to make you feel better about yourself. So I definitely see this position. They're going to be late in the draft. I mean, from the, for the stake of the roster, obviously Tay Davis is a special teams guy. Elijah Lee, Montreal, Meander, these guys barely played any snaps. So it's not really realistic. We'll scan through them quickly. The main guys we have to talk about, Mac Wilson, Tiaki Taki, Malcolm Smith, Jacob Phillips, and BJ Goodson. Goodson, I do think is going to be their fallback option. He's kind of the Mike. He's a guy that overall had a pretty good year. He is a guy I think they're going to look to bring back if they can't upgrade. Yeah, so we they're obviously not drafting the starting linebacker um, to come in week one and start on this roster. Um, so, yeah, they're not using pick 26. Sorry to poo-poo yeah. on people's no. dreams. Sorry. Zayvon Collins is not coming. Um, but it, can, can we see any other name out there other than KJ Wright and Goodson? I think Jacob Phillips is the guy that they have – pegged for the position and I, I know we'll talk a little bit about his game but ultimately i think yet. that's kind of the person that they pegged like not going to be a draft pick free agency i mean you can look at this list ah i don't really see anyone i don't yeah. see anyone that i really like all that well yeah and i suppose you could bring back bj goodson for one year and, and that's why i like kj Wright as a two-year deal you're not saying no to any of these younger players um a one two year deal says, look, we've got lots of players we like. Hopefully one develops. Um, but we need something instantly. So let's look one of those two guys. The, the next name I get to is the first one of the returning guys. And for me, he was the best of what we had out of these three. And that and that's Taki Taki. Um had a good season overall, finished as PFF's twelfth best linebacker, but more impressively, their second best run defender. Um, so great for early downs. He's not a guy that you probably want out there on the third down. But um, if you're going to play yeah, two We saw that in that Kansas City game when he tried to make that tackle on the screen pass to the edge. Yeah, so it's one of those. If if you're out there first two downs and you want that second linebacker because you're playing dime, not side dime, nickel, he's a great example of a, a guy that you want out there as one of your two linebackers. Um, and no, he was okay. Uh, um Tackling and pass rush, his coverage was sort of the really one he struggled in. Um, but yeah, run stuffer, get him out there. Um, he can do that job. The main reason is, is so he plays fast. He plays physical. The problem is, is when he commits to the run, he overcommits and then he's very susceptible in the play action. So that's where you'll kind of notice that Taki Taki gets in a lot of trouble is when teams see him on the field they start running schemes towards him being forced to be in coverage. So yeah, like I said, like we said, I should say good in the run defense struggles in coverage. I mean, this is a guy over the course of the season, according to PFF that gave up, let's see, 20 receptions for 205 yards, 
113 of those yards were yards after the catch. So now he did have two interceptions in coverage. So we'll give him that <laughs> one of them was against the Steelers. So that'll put him in the Browns hall of fame. But you know, this is a guy, I think he's young. You're trying to develop him, but ultimately he's just got to get a little bit quicker in coverage in terms of how he can turn and run with tight ends. He does have the potential to run. I think him and Jacob Phillips are probably your two highest potential linebackers. You just want to see what a full off season under Joe Woods is going to do with Taki Taki, because remember he was drafted by a different organization. So now you got to figure out what he does well and take advantage of it. Yeah. And so the next name I want to jump onto is another returning one. The, the only guy that this sort of room, room came in under the current regime and that's Jacob Phillips um, wasn't great last year, um, but has cemented himself sort of as the other Mike linebacker behind BJ Goodson um, was wearing the green dot and sort of barking orders when Goodson wasn't out there, which is important from a team perspective. Um, it's not yet yeah, a game changer. You can get someone else to do it, but that's a sign that they trust him. Um, so no, I, I think if he'd have made the strides that they really hoped for in year one, we're talking about him being the starting linebacker um, this coming season. I just don't think they're ready to gamble on him being the starter. They'll need that veteran, as we spoke about, whether it's BJ Goodson or someone else. Yeah, I think injuries ultimately kind of plagued a little bit of his development. He kind of had that lingering knee issue that he battled all year. But towards the end of the season when he was healthy, the one thing that he added to this Browns linebacking core was speed. You saw a guy. You saw a guy that was flying sideline to sideline. Sometimes very recklessly, I will admit. Sometimes out of place. However, that natural instinct and that quickness and that ability to get people on the ground once they get their hands on them, that can make you a very serviceable serviceable linebacker for a long time. You know, remember we were talking about the likes of you know KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner. Neither of those guys were first round picks. Neither of them. KJ Wright was third round pick as well. So this is a guy you bring in, you develop, you hope you can do, put him in positions to succeed. Use his speed, use his ability to tackle, use his aggressiveness to try to make a couple plays a game. That's ultimately what you're looking for out of the linebacker position in this defensive scheme. So we've got two guys in there in that rotational spot. We've got the great run stuff in um, Tacky Tacky. We've got the great tackling from... Uh, Phillips, and now we get on to the other one, which ideally want to be coverage, but we're we're open-minded guys here. So we're going to start with Mr. Consistent. This guy is the most consistent Browns linebacker out of the entire room. Um, no one can, can fault him for consistency. Unfortunately, it's the wrong sort of consistency. So Mac Wilson um, has been 94th in not only his first year, but his second year in the NFL, according to PFF. And that's out of um, 100 linebackers in his first year and out of 99 linebackers in his second year. Um, it's not good, folks. There's Listen, no the other way the day, to put coaches it. Coaches want to know what they can expect from you. And if they can expect similar performances every year, I think that that, that bodes well for the future of Mac Wilson. T- to be fair, it's one of those that if he was a wide receiver, there's been a couple of games where he's been okay. He's been good. I'd, I'd, I'd say there's two games this season where he's been above average. Not many snaps. But it's the sort of thing that you can get away with that as a fifth, sixth wide receiver and you can show a little flash and they go, oh, I'll get excited. The issue is when you're a linebacker, you're getting murdered on 39 out of 40 plays. It don't matter what you do on that one. Um, So 
Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, ironically it's, enough, the two games that he excelled his 11 snaps against the chiefs, that was his highest graded score. I think of his career, obviously. And then against Tennessee, he played 29 snaps and played really well. The problem is, is in the games where he played the most snaps, 52 snaps against the Raiders, he had his second lowest output of the season at 29.7. And then in Baltimore in the second game, he played 17 snaps and had a 22.9. Now, just, just to put that into perspective, that means that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing a lot more often than you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. So... Hey. There might be hope. We've got a fifth linebacker spot and we'll come back to Mac Wilson later. So he's, he's not going to be in one of these three rotational spots behind a starter, but there's a depth spot. So we'll keep, keep an open mind about Mac Wilson and we'll, we'll work on him later. So uh, if Mac Wilson's not the answer, who else is there? And we'll start with free agency. For me, this is the obvious choice. It's Malcolm Smith. So Malcolm Smith finished the season as the seventh best coverage linebacker according to PFF. Um, which is great, is promising, came in and did a job. Um, and it, it, coverage linebackers aren't easy to find. It's probably the toughest skill um, for a linebacker to do. Um, and he, 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 he did a great job. And at one million for one year deal, uh, that, that's someone that I'm getting on the phone and going, let's run it back. Um, because even if he's your fifth linebacker and someone, other youngster steps up, it's a great piece to have. He's what we'll call a Barry banger, a nice Andrew Barry banger hit. I stole that. So on, on Tuesday nights, I watched the curse of Oak Island and there's a guy in there. He's a British guy and his name's Gary Drayton. And he calls everything. Oh, this is a Bobby Dazzler. And this is a banger. So that is a Barry banger. That's the term we're coining. Paul, what do you think of that? Barry banger. Never, ever do any more English accents on the podcast. We've already discussed your previous suspension no more English accents, okay? Well, we'll just say Barry Banger without the English accent. How about that? How about you never say the word banger again on a podcast? <laughs> what if I want some bangers and mash? We don't call it bangers and mash. What, okay. do you, what do you call it down there in England? We call it sausage and potatoes. I like bangers and mash better. <laughs> a Barry Banger. Okay, anyway, crack on. I was really enjoying that, listening to your... You two talk about linebackers. I just want to ask one quick question as I've rudely interrupted. Um, what happens if th there's about three linebackers in the draft that may go in the top 10? What happens if one of them drops down to a 26, Jack? Then I'm still not touching them. But the, it, the... it may happen though, mate. So, yeah, I, I, there might be sort of maybe one edge rusher and two wide receivers that dropped to 26 that inspires me to make a pick at 26. Um, there's not a single linebacker in the world that's ever going to make me make that pick. I'd say one or two edge, one or two wide receivers, else I'm, I'm trading back just default, whatever the offer is. Edge, wide receiver, corner. That's it. Those are the only three I'm taking. Quarterback. Anyway, I'll speak to you later on. Cheers. <laughs> Um, so I, just to oh, that beard is looking fantastic, just so you know. That's what um, I said. Jack said the same earlier as well. It's growing in nicely. So we've got Malcolm Smith as your potential free agent there. Um, another name, Kevin Pierre-Louise, um, is a potential option. It's not sexy, um, but we're talking like we're throwing pittance at these guys. Um, most likely, if they don't go Malcolm Smith, 
could be a draft guy here that they go, hey, every year we we take a linebacker in the third to fifth round. Why break an annual tradition? I mean, I think it's definitely, if there's a guy that they like in those later rounds, I mean, there's definitely a possibility they'll take one. And that's where you start taking those guys. You start grabbing the, the fifth, the sixth. Now we only have one fifth, one sixth, one seventh. Then you start grabbing the priority free agents and stuff like that. So, you know, there is a guy out there and I have absolutely no idea what the hell he would do for this team. He's a former first round pick. He's been in the, been in the uh, NFL since 2014. So we know that Woods, oh, I don't even know what Darren Lee. No, I do like Darren Lee though. He's a new Albany, Ohio kid. Uh, His mom's awesome lady. Uh, No. So this guy, he was with the Cardinals and he's a linebacker safety. He, he does a little bit Dion Buchanan. So he's a former first round pick by the Cardinals. Joe Woods likes this hybrid scheme. I wonder he's a guy I would not pay much more. I mean, we're talking whatever the minimum is. That's what I would maybe bring him in at. And it would not be a guarantee contract just to see if he could fill a role. He's very, he's kind of like Andrew Sandejo, to be honest with you. He's very good at tackling. He's a missile. Um, he'll, he'll put it all out there for you. He struggles in certain things. There's no doubt about that. But um, Dion Buchanan's a guy who I see his name and I'm like, okay, I'd like to see. I just kicked the tires. He's 29. So he's still got a little bit of, little bit of life. Yeah, but you could go for a former Super Bowl MVP, pair him up with his, his hopefully a good buddy. I don't really know, KJ Wright. And then you're bringing the Seahawk magic to uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Why, why would you miss out on that opportunity? <laughs> Listen, I find KJ Wright to have a fantastic last name, so I'm all on board there. But uh, no, it's it's one there, and th- there's a, there's a couple of different options, but I, I think they'll want at least one linebacker that they feel really good at, about their coverage um, in those top four, and obviously it's not something Phillips has ever shown well in. Um, tacky tacky we know not good at it they, they might address that with their starter but that's there and don't you think that they could go out and try to find guys that like woods played with in san francisco or denver you know like some of them vet cheaps like i could see this being the position where they go grab like two or three guys that are like a million bucks and just bring them in and try them out like i'm looking here at some of the free agents 49ers have a guy joe walker um he's a free agent just maybe somebody like that where you just bring them in and see, I don't know what value they hold, but not guys that are going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's no harm bringing them in because even though tacky tacky was great in run defense last year, you're not committed to him. Um, if someone else comes in and starts really lighting it up on the cheap, then you can go that route. Um, I, I'm just, up, I'm up for bringing back my boy, Malcolm Smith. Um, after I, crapped all over him when the fact that people were getting hyped that we bought a former uh, Super Bowl MVP in. I did like the pickup. I just hated the he was a Super Bowl MVP on like 38 snaps. Um, we call that productivity. He's been great. And then let's get on to linebacker five. So linebacker five is very much a special teams player. Not going to play much um, anything else, but you could have the rare case. And we mentioned previously doing these shows, Donovan Peoples-Jones was that sort of 
perfect depth guy that hopefully he can provide on special teams, but we're really excited about his upside. So you could stash a guy. Start with the only name on the roster that really fills this hole. It's Mac Wilson. So we crapped on him earlier. And when I did my piece, I'm always keeping an eye out for special teamers. Now I'm like, maybe this guy's a special teamer. You're Stefan Carlson. Um, people like that, that you don't want them out there playing snaps. Tevita Thomas, you don't want them out playing snaps. But if they're great at special teams, then I get pumped for these dudes. Uh, Mac Wilson played three special team snaps last year. So, sorry, Mac. Go find now, a new the team. The odd part is there, when he went into Alabama, he'd have had to have played special teams. So you wonder. One way I see Mac Wilson being with the Browns, week one. Injury? Joins the social media team. Oh, he had, he must have written that one down. <laughs> Mac. Here's the thing. I like Mac Wilson. I do. I like him the person. And when I watch him on the field, I just wonder, does he know how to play linebacker? Because a couple plays a game he does, and then a couple plays you look at and you're like, the most entertaining person to follow on Twitter when talking about Mac Wilson is John Costco. Have you ever seen some of the stuff he's written? <laughs> Just like he's, he's, shy he's, John ath- Costco. he's athletic, right? So if we're talking about why we're talking about uh, linebacker roles, right? Mac Wilson right now, you're right. Is in that linebacker four or five role. And if he can't do special teams, then I think it reduces his chance of actually being on that on that role, but he's definitely not right now a top three linebacker. So I just don't see them running it back with Goodson Phillips and Taki as your top three. And then having, you know, Mac and another guy, I just feel like the only way they carry that sixth is if prefer really likes a guy and they kind of, it's a, like an Elijah Lee or a, you know, Montreal meander or Tay Davis, whoever it is like you're, you can only have one of those guys. Like you can't have, and he's got to play all forms of specials, punt, kick, kick off all of them. Right. So he's got to play all the special team snaps. So it's, it's the most like vanilla average, non-sexy defensive position we have. I, you just, you, it's hard to make sense of it. Cause you just don't know what you want out of it. Right. It's You've got a couple guys, a couple of them do this, a couple of them do that. It's like, how do you put that together? Yeah, your number five is just all about, hey, who's best at specials? Um, and it, it's very much more likely to be a uh, prefer decision than Stefanski, than Joe Woods, than uh, Andrew Berry. Prefer's going to sit there, bang the table and go, this is the guy that is going to be my special teams ace. Out of that list of five dudes that you've got in there, that's the one I want to keep, and they're probably going to go, yeah, fine. Yeah, and the guy, I, honestly, the biggest thing I'm going to be watching in this room is I want to see Jacob Phillips ascend from linebacker three to linebacker one because he's a guy who has the skills. He's their guy. He's the guy that you want to put on the field. And then so say Phillips is your mic, and, you know, you if you want to bring B.J. Goodson back to be your linebacker four, okay, you know, to kind of help Phillips along the way, I'm fine with that. And Goodson's not even relatively that old. And, you know, he played okay, I mean, for what he signed for. But then you cycle on rundowns, you bring Taki in, and then in pass downs, maybe you bring Malcolm Smith in, and then you start kind of utilizing those chess pieces according to the defense. Or maybe you switch it up and you bring Malcolm Smith in and you 
rush Phillips from the other side. I mean, there's plenty of things that Joe Woods can do. You know, obviously people want to criticize him and criticize me for defending him. That's okay. Bring it on haters. Got Kevlar on, but the bronze linebacking core is just one that you just sit back and watch and you go, you know what? I, I, we talked about it before. You just trust the guys in charge and you say, Jason Tarver, Joe Woods, Barry Stefanski, like fig, figure it out. And I'm good with it. I really, I, I don't want to crush them. I don't want to praise them. I'm just going to sit back and say, I'm good with it guys. Whatever you want to do, make it work. Cause there were some plays where we saw tight ends just running. You're like, Oh boy. Yeah. And it's, it's something that, they they need to find wherever it's coming on their uh, defense something to target special uh, tight ends whether it's a safety whether it's linebacker whatever that player is doesn't really matter just find someone that can you're not going to stop a Travis Kelsey forget it it's never going to happen it's just about slowing them down um, a little bit and find something you can do and I think you've got a really really promising linebacker room because this fifth spot could easily be where that a third round pick ends and people are going to listen to this and go a third round pick and you're so fifth linebacker because it's about drafting a year in advance if you you bring in Goodson KJ Wright as your one then your two three four is Tacky Tacky is Phillips is Malcolm Smith and then your five is a third round pick a fourth round pick a fifth round pick that's a really really good deep room it's not full of high-end talent. It's just deep. And the advantage you've then got is you give Woods loads of toys to play with. Woods has got five different linebackers out there, different combinations he can go with. And having loads of different combinations isn't a bad thing because suddenly the opposing def- offensive coordinator has got a plan for all of them. He's got to be thinking, hey, who's out there? What, what do we do with this one? What do we do with that one? Um, that sort of creates its own challenges. And your upside then is massive because Malcolm Smith, one-year deal, Goodson, KJ Wright, say they reach a two-year deal. You've got two more years of Tacky Tacky. You've got three more years of um, Phillips. You've got four more years of this pick in the third, fourth, fifth round. And that leaves you loads of different stuff. You're not wedded to any of them if someone hits. Because, yeah, as sort of Ian said, across this next season, I want to see Jordan Phillips, even if he starts wherever he starts on the depth chart, by the end of it, he needs to ideally cement himself as the one. And by Jordan, you mean Jacob? Always say it, and I, I don't think it's ever going to end. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. And it's one of those ones, let's sit back. I will be curious to see what they do with this position. Um, if they go out and get a guy like KG, right? If they bring back BJ Goodson, um, I don't think there's really room for both of those guys in any sense of the word. So it's going to kind of be one or the other. Maybe they kick the tires on KJ. He might just stay in Seattle where he's played most of his years and take a lesser deal. They dropped never... his replacement a year ago, though. So there's a good chance that he might go, especially when Russ Wilson's sitting there banging the table going, give me more money on the O-line. Yeah, but who's out there? I mean, that's, that's one kid. position in free agency I've not spent any time looking at is the offensive line. <laughs> and I don't plan to ever start looking um, which is beautiful. Um, but no, sort of you, the other thing we need to remember with linebackers, we're going to see a lot less snaps at linebacker than we did last season. That's going to go down. Um, one of the reasons we saw more linebackers was there was just such a shortage of DB through injuries um, that Woods had to play more linebackers than he wanted. So at times last season, anytime you saw three linebackers last season, 
Next season, that's going to be two. Anytime you saw two backers, linebackers last season, that's going to be one next season. All of them numbers are going to come down. So uh, don't worry too much. If you don't like our linebackers, Joe Woods don't either. He, he don't want any linebackers on the field. Uh, anytime you can get them off, he's going to take them off. Yeah, and in certain situations, obviously, we're, we're speaking more of the percentages. Obviously, yes, we know the teams are going to run the ball 30 40% of the time. You have to have linebackers. And those are the situations that you want to get into, right? You want to get into the situation where you have a lead and the other team's got to throw on you. So now you just have a nice bunch of coverage linebackers out there. So if they get three, four yards of carry, you're fine with that. The defensive line's getting pressure. The linebackers are making tackles. If you need an example of this, go watch the Super Bowl. That's what, that's what it is. You get ahead, you drop back, you rush four, you drop seven, you play coverage, you play space. We already know Woods wants to play that cover three, cover four quarters. So keep those, keep those linebackers underneath. But yeah, I think to your point, when you opened up Levante, David's not coming here. So just, and yet we want to just spend all the money in the world, but I think you can really make, I think you can make a very serviceable, serviceable linebacker room out of this group of people. And add some young talent, add some guys, you know, that have these specific skill sets to develop behind them. No, and it, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think, yeah, that third to fifth round, I, I think you, you could easily see over the next six years, there's a linebacker taken every single year in that range um, because they understand you do need linebackers, but it's where you invest in it. And um, you just bring a guy in each year that gives you a nice pipeline because you're never going to give him a second deal unless one hits and turns into Bobby Wagner, uh, Luke Keekley level, and you just keep cycling them through. That's your four linebackers, one in, one out every single year. And uh, it, it just it almost works like a utility belt. I agree. Conveyor belt. So, uh, no, I, I think that is anything else to add on the linebacker room? Uh, there's really not too much. I mean, this is the nice part is it's pretty cut and dry. Right. It's pretty cut and dry. We know there's nobody we're really sold on. You know, I know Paul and I both identified early in the season, just kind of that the blanket need for some NFL guys. So. Yeah. So I think you're looking at two free agents getting added one draft pick and then two guys coming back um, who are already on the roster um, as of today. So uh, no, I, th I think that's a really, really nice room. Anything to add? Obviously, go read the article at dog.land. Um, anything to add before we do Twitter accounts, Paul? No, but I just think, um, as we discuss, I'm going to try and keep the podcast short, more regular. And thank you very much for everyone who keeps commenting, liking, subscribing, and giving us five stars out of five. It's lovely. Yeah, so we've got some plans coming to you after next week. So you've got one more week of this format and then we're going to mix it up and throw some curveballs at you and uh, let us know how it goes. But uh, any questions, DMs on Twitter is open. Um, any suggestions about things you'd like us to do with the show, different ideas, by all means, contact any of us. So it's D-U-F-F-I-N. So it's at Jack Duffin on Twitter. How about you, Paul? Um, I would like you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's uh, Paul Brown Clee, C-L-E. Give it a follow. Give it a subscribe. Give it some likes. Write some comments. I really want to push my YouTube channel this year. Very careful. Ian, kicked off. Ian could be found in a gutter in Chicago or on Twitter. 
it's buried i'm buried in the snow it's snowing again damn it i swear every time i turn around it's just eh, snow more snow more snow more snow so i'll tell you guys this is we, we had no snow for the into pretty much the end of 2020 and the january february has been nothing but just dumping snow so that's why i have so much time to sit in the house and study all these wonderful nfl position groups ian 19 on twitter by the way in case you forgot I haven't been to Twitter jail in a week. As always, guys, go Browns. By the way, Paul, real quick before we go, what was your impression of the Tampa Bay boat parade, drunk Tom Brady, and the throwing of the Lombardi from boat to boat? Look, I've been drunk before. When I'm drunk, I'm rolling around, throwing up, causing trouble, Brady walks out like an 80 year old retired person, you know, wearing a knee brace. Fake, was he fake drunk and then goes, Oh no, I've had too many avocado tequilas. By the way, I've Come never on. heard of avocado tequila. <laughs> Uh, uh, it, it's so good whoever's running tom brady's twitter account is doing great work but uh no i, I captured it as soon as i saw it i was like that's why you don't take your parents out drinking um because he, he's the old man of the team it's like poor old bruce arians is uh nearly younger than tom brady i just saw i just saw him sitting on the boat drinking a bud light like hey guys i'm good and then you got ryan griffin the third string carrying tom brady out the six time or seven time super bowl champion you got Blaine Gabbert, Super Bowl champion, now running security detail. I mean, uh, where was – I'm just surprised that shirtless Gronk didn't jump in the lake. I, I mean, I'm just shocked there. I was figuring Brady was going to throw the, the trophy. Gronk was going to jump off the boat and catch the trophy going into the water. That's what I was expecting to happen. Was it the real trophy? Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter. Brady's got six other ones at home, so he didn't you, care. You don't get a trophy each, do you? Oh yeah! Every time you get it, yeah, you get one. Do they, don't they do mini ones? No, they get like a replica. It's there's one official one, but they get replica ones. Brady has it all over his house. His wife's probably like, "Yeah, throw that shit in the basement." So, all right, good stuff. I know I had to get Paul's as as Paul being the party man extraordinaire. I had to get his opinion on that one. So, on that note, uh, go Browns. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It was embarrassing. Basically, I love it that he's been walked out, but like. He's Tom Brady. You know, he should be in a gutter throwing up, not being walked out of a nightclub or a day bar. Rolled down the street in a golden chariot. Yeah. He should be drink driving home, crashing a few cars. I'm Tom Brady. Get out of my fucking way. MVP. Woohoo. That would be fun. You know what? Whenever the Browns win the Super Bowl, I say we designate the Scottish Hammer as being the lead coordinator of the Browns victory parade. Love it. All right. Let's get out of here, guys. Go Browns. Go Go Browns. Browns.